This message comes from Rock of Ages Lincoln Church in Payson, Arizona. Reaching out with rock solid hope in Rim, Rim Country. March 7, 2021. Exodus chapter 20. I've been joining with my kids to watch a popular animated TV series in which the heroes and villains go about on adventures as they battle for control of the galaxy with their lasers and their light swords. Some of these episodes are pretty child-friendly and light-hearted, but others get pretty dark and scary. But the, probably the, the darkest aspect of the show is the advice that keeps reoccurring on the show is one of the heroes says something like, you have to listen to your heart or trust and follow your own heart. This advice, as we know from scripture, is horrible advice. The human heart on its own and by nature does not lead to goodness or to light, but to evil. Today we look at God's word for us in Exodus chapter 20. And there we see God giving just the opposite of the advice, follow your heart, as God says, don't listen to your heart, listen to my word. This morning we'll be turning to the account of the giving of the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. And there we see God telling us and his people to listen to his word. How can we do that when we have a sinful heart that wants to listen to its own way? Well, we'll see that as we turn to God's word this morning. The Israelites, as you look at the start of Exodus, are in one of the, the worst positions. They have been enslaved by the people of Egypt. And the Egyptians are treating them far worse than second-class citizens. They are treating them harshly and giving them impossible tasks. And as the Egyptians treat them harshly, they also impose on them horrible things like abortion as they force the killing of their newborn sons. Israel, the people, were in a horrible state, enslaved by Egypt. And they were helpless to get out of it on their own. But all that changed when their God, the Lord, fulfilled his promise to rescue them from that land. And the Lord led them out of the land of slavery. And when the army of Egypt tried to pursue them, God allowed his people to walk across the sea on dry ground. They were rescued. And right before their very eyes, when they did not do a thing, they saw their enemy completely destroyed. The same God who had brought Egypt to its knees with the plagues now destroyed the entire army of Egypt that was pursuing them and trying to bring them back into slavery as the army drowned in the sea. God had done everything. The people were completely freed from their enemy because of the grace of their God. So what did God do once he rescued them from Egypt? That's what we see in Exodus chapter 20. The Lord doesn't say to them, follow your heart now that you're free. No, just the opposite. The Lord speaks to them and he makes known to them his commands. He reveals his will. The reason God can't tell them, follow your heart, is because God knows what has happened to the human heart. 
God was there at the beginning of time when the human heart chose and turned toward wickedness and evil. And God has seen every thought of the human heart from the beginning of time and the evil it has turned towards. Jesus says, out of the heart comes evil thoughts. And along with that, there will be evil actions. You know, that, that TV series that I mentioned, the animated show, begins with a, a phrase at the start of the show that kind of summarizes the episode. One of the episodes has a phrase that says, evil is not born, it is taught. But that is a lie. Evil is born. Evil comes from the human heart. And by nature, the human heart is not just predisposed, but is producing evil. It's been that way from the beginning. Follow your heart is probably the worst advice you can give somebody. That's why we see this world is so lost. Because of hearts bent towards evil. Well, someone might say at this point, well, what about your conscience? Don't we have our conscience? And that's true. Our conscience is something we also are born with. It's a sense of right and wrong. An understanding, which everybody has, that there's a basic knowledge of right and wrong. There's no place in the world you can go where people won't recognize things like it's wrong to lie, to cheat, to be selfish, to be unfaithful. It's wrong to steal. It's wrong to hurt other people. But that doesn't fix anything, does it? This world is still filled with people who cheat, lie, hurt, are unfaithful. Their conscience is ruined and silenced. The conscience might say it's wrong, but people will silence their conscience or they will beat it into submission so that they can get away with what they want. That's why you see people in this world who know it's wrong to kill, killing their own child with abortion. It's only afterwards that their conscience speaks up and brings trauma and guilt because they've silenced it. And maybe you've experienced that when you hurt someone. Your conscience doesn't stop you from committing evil and following the desires of your heart. And you only often recognize after the fact of the, the wrong as your conscience accuses you. And that's why we see in this world, even though our hearts are evil, we have a conscience. The conscience is ruined. That's why we'll see so many horrible things happen in this world. Marriages are ruined. Relationships crumble. People know it's wrong to cheat. They know it's wrong to be unfaithful. But they do it as they silence their conscience, trying to make themselves think that they can do what they want until it's too late and the ruin and the evil of sin comes. And maybe you've experienced that that you've allowed yourself to commit something that you know is wrong, but only it's too late when the unfaithfulness comes to light and your conscience accuses and you wallow in guilt. You see, this world is lost in sin, and it's more than just lost. Because our conscience is ruined and our hearts are born evil, we are enslaved by sin. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. That's the reason why you see so many people who know what's right, but they cannot stop. The person who is abusing substances knows they want to stop, wants to turn their lives around, but are powerless to help. And the person who understands that it's wrong to lie still lets the gossip, still lets the pain, still lets the hurt and the wickedness and lies come out of their mouths. 
It's the reason why you and I struggle against that old sinful heart because it is fallen and enslaved when it turns to sin. And we ourselves are helpless, just as the, the people of Israel were helpless to free themselves from the hordes, the horrid effects of slavery. This world is powerless to lift itself from enslavement to sin. And along with that enslavement to sin comes something worse. It comes with the judgment of a God who sees us following the ways of the devil and following our own sinful hearts so we remain under God's condemnation and deserve to be treated along with the devil as the enemies of God. That's why God needed to speak. The people stood there before Mount Sinai. And we see in Exodus 20, God impressed on them the importance of the occasion as the mountain shook, there was fire, there were clouds of smoke, there was the sound of the trumpet. And then, out of the silence, it says, Then God spoke these words. That's right. Exodus 20 starts with God speaking that we might not just listen to our hearts. The revealed word of God is found in scriptures in which God, on this occasion, directly speaks his will to his people. Dare we ever think that our own thoughts and inclinations of our heart are more important than what we see recorded here? God spoke these words. But when God speaks, it wasn't so that the people would remain in terror. No, it was because he had freed them from their enslavement. They had been rescued. Note here when Exodus 20 starts out, the, the first thing that God says to his people is, I am the Lord, your God. The people weren't going to bear that title, that the Lord was their God, because they had kept his commands. He already was their God. He was their God as they languished in slavery, and he would remain their God even as they stumbled against hearts bent towards evil. He is their God, as he now speaks to them. And the Lord, their God, says, I am the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slaves, that is, the land of slavery. Notice what God is doing is, he identifies his relationship with his people as their Savior God, the God who brought them from the enslavement of sin in which they were trapped, but brought them to be his own, that they might be free to live for him, not because they needed to keep the commands to become God's own, but because God had rescued them to be his own people. God speaks to us his commands as well. He tells us his revealed word. These words given to Israel, these Ten Commandments, are repeated for all of the church in the New Testament. All of them repeated nearly word for word, save perhaps the third commandment, which had special application that Israel would take the Sabbath day as a day to rest to the Lord. But still that too, we are to honor God's word and take rest and time for his word. All these words are revealed to us that we read in Exodus 20, as God reveals his will to us as well. But just the same, as God reveals these words, we need to see at the very start, 
who he is. He is the Lord our God, our Savior God, who has rescued us from slavery. Not just slavery to Egypt, but the worst kind, slavery to sin and captivity to the devil. When God rescued us, he did it with far more than the blood that was used as the people left Egypt, spread over their doorpost on the Passover. He did it with the blood of his own son, the Lamb of God, who takes our sins away. And when God delivered us, it wasn't merely rescuing us from the captivity of our slaveholders, but rescuing us from our own prison of sin. Jesus, the Son of God, came not to impose on us impossible laws which we could not keep, but rather to keep them for us in our place. And by his holy life, fulfill the will of God. And that righteous, holy Jesus, the Son of God, rescued us by freeing us from our slavery to sin. He said, if the Son, the truth in the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And you're free if you know the truth, that Jesus, the Son of God, came to defeat our enemies and take away our sin. And he did this by his death on the cross, by that death defeating our enemy, the devil. And when the devil came after us, Jesus assures us that we are his own and our enemies are defeated, not drowning them in the sea, but giving us his baptism, washing with the water through the word. And in baptism, he washes our sins away and assures us we belong to him and our enemies, sin, death, the devil are forever defeated. And we will be with our God forever because our God broke the chains of sin, released us from our prison, and tells us that we are free as he rises from the dead so that we can acclaim along with Thomas, my Lord and my God, the one who set me free. And this freedom is ours as a gift. Don't misunderstand. He didn't set us free because we earned it, but he set us free because of his grace in Jesus. And now he set us free so that we can no longer be slaves to sin, but serve him in freedom and live for him who loved us and set us free. That TV show, that animated series, had a lot of bad advice, I'd probably say, but it wasn't all bad. It did contain some words of wisdom. One of the episodes started with the, the key phrase, know the truth, go to the source. And that's true. If we want to know the truth of what is good, the truth of what is truly freedom, it's not found in our hearts. It's not found in the deceptions and lies of the devil who would seek to pull us back into captivity. The source is the revealed word of God. And in that source we go and we find the true good will of God. His commands are good. His commands are what we desire to keep now in freedom. And we go to the source as we see how he set us free in his love. He is the God who rescued us from slavery to sin, to now live and serve him. That TV show had a, another quote. It not only said, look to the source, but it said, what is right and correct, it is not always what is popular. 
as we live for God and look to his voice and listen to his voice, it won't always be the popular thing. We know that's true because the human heart is set against the will of God by nature. And that this world will not find popular the commands of God, but will rebel against it and will ruin its conscience, which is clouded by sin, and will work against the will of God. No, it won't be popular. But listening to God will always be what is good and what is right. That's advice that will never fail you. Not listen to your heart. Not follow your heart, but listen to your God. In grace, he reverses our place from slavery to serving him. Amen.